Hello, and welcome to Make It Clear, a conversational podcast about all things related to water and wastewater. I'm your host, Angela Bounds, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Rapp. In each episode, we'll tackle a relevant topic with facts and expert opinions and make things clear. Welcome back, and thanks for listening to us. Today, we're actually going to talk about a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I actually spent some time working in this department. We're going to talk about regulations and the enforcement of regulations around the country. We've got joining us today, Nick Noble, who is our government affairs director. Welcome, Nick. Thank you. Nice to see you again, Angela, or hear you again. And as always, Sean is here with me to make sure we stay on task. (laughs) Hey, Angela. Hey, Nick. Welcome. Thanks, Sean. This is something that I don't really know a whole lot about. So I am really looking forward to hearing what you've got to say today. And I think it's going to be a learning situation for me and probably a lot of the folks who listen today. Yeah. Yeah. Anxious to hear what you've got to say or eager, actually. Yeah. So Nick and I actually worked together for a little bit as I was transferring out of that department into our training department. And he's been with, how long have you been with us now? Nearly 15 years. Yeah, a long time, a long time. So today we want to talk about regulation. So why don't we first, Nick, kind of define for the listeners what exactly regulations are, what we mean when we say that, and just give them some parameters. Yeah, well, Regulations in terms of on-site industry govern which products get used both for individual residents and oftentimes for community systems. They are generally derived by a stakeholder group and multi-year process. They're put out for public comment and eventually the, the regulations are adopted. There's a real nuance between competing interest in regulatory development in that there's a desire from the regulatory department to protect public health and the environment as that's their responsibility. And in general, there seems to be pushback from industry either based on economic concerns or or potentially a fear of enforcement. Right. So let's talk about enforcement. I mean, that's what we're really here to talk about. We could probably spend hours talking about writing rules and how they get written and what they mean and what a good rule is and what what it isn't. But today we're going to talk about enforcement of those rules. So let's talk a little bit about what, well, first of all, what do we mean by enforcement? What we mean by enforcement is the enforcement of the regulations. As an example, there may be an effluent quality of 20 milligrams per liter total nitrogen in some jurisdiction. The enforcement Mm -hmm. would be for the regulatory department to go out, do compliance sampling to ensure that these systems are performing as designed. Mm -hmm. Now, I'd like to clarify that I don't think this should be done on an individual site level, that this should be done on a technology level. We all know that Individual sites have stochastic waste streams, and you can't evaluate one. You have to look at the technology. Good. So let's talk a little bit about the challenges to enforcement. So around any rule or regulation, no matter what it governs, there are challenges to enforcing those rules. So 
let's talk a little bit about what the challenges are in enforcement of on-site regulations. I think before we do that, we should step back and look at how products get approved by regulatory agencies. Great. Let's go through it. So generally, a product will go through NSF Standard 40. So let's define NSF. So NSF is the National Sanitation Foundation, and they're an organization that that tests products, not limited to wastewater, but they'll test products to determine their efficacy in a market. Correct. And then they will certify that product if it met the effluent quality required by the standard. There are two predominant standards in the United States right now, or maybe three, Mm -hmm. which would be standard 40, which evaluates BOD and TSS. It would be standard 245, which evaluates nitrogen and standard 350, which does gray water. Most regulations require NSF testing or some equivalent in order to get your product approved. Right Now, NSF's testing is six months long and it has an idealized waste stream in that the waste stream is macerated, screened, and delivered on a predictable schedule. It does not replicate real world conditions. Right, right. So manufacturers bring this report to the state regulatory agency, their rules say, hey, if you have standard XYZ, you're approved and you can go forth and sell into the field. They're basing these decisions on six months of testing. So really all, all they know is that the system works for six months. Yes. If you talk to regulators around the country, there's, there's a, a foundational desire amongst them to really understand how these products work in the field. Mm-hmm. They all know that the initial information they're given is generally inadequate. Certain jurisdictions have moved to implementing field testing programs, which mm-hmm. is a, a positive step. However, funding for regulatory departments has continued to dwindle over the years. They don't right. have the staff or the resources to go out and actually enforce their regulations. Mm-hmm. But there are still a lot of states that require NSF testing for approval within their jurisdictions? Nearly all of them have a NSF requirement, whether it's NSF equivalent or actual NSF. Mm -hmm. And the regulations vary by state or sometimes county, depending on which state you're in. Absolutely. How many states do we have that are county-based now, too? Well, we have California, we have Michigan. Michigan. You look at Pennsylvania because it's a commonwealth. It's kind of a hybrid. Mm -hmm. And actually parts of Ohio, the the counties have quite a bit of authority. Right. So what that means for us is that every single county has their own regulations. Yep. There will be some deviation from the, the state regs. Right. Right. Hey, Nick, quick question. So, and this is just for my edification because I'm not entirely sure of this either, but are counties and jurisdictions requiring NSF testing because it's the expedient thing to do, or is it because it's what everybody else is doing? Well, to be perfectly honest, my opinion of that is it's avoid it's to avoid uh, sorry it's avoid lawsuits. It provides them cover to say, hey, this third party has certified this product to work then I can my rules say if it does that, I can put it in the ground and I've done my job. And you cannot come and sue me, Joe Manufacturer or Joe Homeowner, because I have this certification testing saying this product did work. Even if it doesn't work in the field, I did it per my regulation and I am covered. Gotcha. Right. 
So let's talk about some of those challenges for enforcement. Well, we've we've touched on funding, which I, I think is sort of the uh, baseline requirement. Yeah, if funding's huge. Yeah, if you don't have I mean, the staff and the the ability to go out and actually do this, then there is no enforcement. Yeah, if you don't have staff to audit even reporting, right? Correct. If you If you don't have the staff that can audit reporting, how are you going to enforce the rules? Correct. I will assure you that 80 to 90% of the reports that we annually submit to jurisdictions don't get reviewed. Mm-hmm. It's not their fault. It's not negligence, but they don't have the time. And you look at right. what these folks are required to do, it's, it's not reasonable. And so there has to be an uptick in funding and staff. I think the other challenges are something we alluded to a moment ago about lawsuits. There is a real hesitancy on the part of regulatory bodies to delist people, to take away approvals because they're not performing in the field. And this has been attempted a couple of times and lawsuits have been filed. And now, you know, I'm on two rural development committees right now, one in Arizona and one in Washington. And enforcement has been very well received from the regulatory side of it and less well received from the industry side of it. And it's just, it's, it's too bad because I really think enforcement provides us an opportunity to evolve in this industry. Mm-hmm. And we, we won't be able to move forward if we don't approach this from a political level because regulations and funding ultimately are a result of a legislative mandate. Right. So what, what are the impact? Let's talk about the impacts. So what are the impacts of not enforcing? What happens when enforcement doesn't occur? What happens when systems begin to fail? What happens? Well, and this, this to me is where you, um, you hit on my emotional side a bit, right? right? So yeah. If our job is to protect the environment and the world's water resources, and we look at it from nutrient loading into the Chesapeake Bay, where we see eutrophication and DO drops and affecting shellfish industries, or your Joe homeowner that has a very small backyard and you have an on-site system and it's failing and you have all of this high BOD TSS in your drain field and now you have effluent surfacing and you have no place to put it. That piece of dirt is the most valuable part of the treatment train. Right. And you can just keep on extrapolating that, right? So if you have a shallow groundwater table and you've got this approved advanced treatment system that's supposed to do X, Y, and Z, Mm -hmm. but we don't know if it's doing X, Y, and Z. And if it's not, what are we doing? Well, there's yeah. When you, when you talk about reclamation, right. Yep. Of, uh, of a failed drain field, that is, that is not, it's not an easy thing. No. And, and it gets more concerning when you look at places, even in Oregon, like the mm-hmm. Lapine area. So we have rapidly draining soils to a shallow confined aquifer that has high nitrate levels, high background right. nitrates. Right. So they mandate nitrogen reducing systems and if these systems aren't performing as expected, the nitrate levels in that aquifer will continue to rise instead of decrease. So right. our water quality goals will not be met without enforcement. Right. So it's a, it's always an interesting conversation because we are a manufacturer, right? We, we manufacture these sim- systems and are asking for enforcement. 
we want we want to see for me it speaks to our mission right our mission is protecting the world's water we want we want sus- good sustainable solutions out there and fully understand that part of that is solid regulations that are and can be enforced absolutely right i uh... You might not like me saying this, but I have said many times to <laughs> regulators and in meetings that I don't really mm-hmm. care how much we sell. That's not why I'm here. Right. I'm here to carry out our mission, which is to protect the world's water. I know we have salespeople who need to go make money, and that's necessary for our company. Right, right. But what drives me is that water scarcity and water quality are the biggest threat facing us on an ecological level moving forward. It's too bad that we aren't putting the value on it that we should be. Right. As a society. As a society and as an industry. Right. Our industry, if we, you know, there's all this talk that we're, we're a great infrastructure solution. There could be public-private partnerships. But if we don't function, if we don't do what mm-hmm. we say we're going to do, we're going to not be respected as a viable solution. Whereas if we continue to evolve because we see enforcement and we're like, oh crap, they're going to start right. kicking people out. We better make a product that works. Mm-hmm. We, we set ourselves in a very nice position to be a significant source of infrastructure for this com- country moving forward. Right. Well, I think you know that I believe if we, if we follow our mission, then everything else falls into place. Yeah. You kind of took the words out of my, out of my mouth. I was yeah. just <laughs> thinking yeah. the same thing. If, you know, if we're, if we're following our mission, those sales will come because yeah. we're, we're we're protecting the world's water. We're fulfilling yep. that mission and we're yep. helping everybody else. Exactly. And when people see that, then that will in turn generate sales and opportunity. Right. So let's talk a little bit about reforming state regulations and how we go about affecting the change that needs to occur. So we've talked about funding, right? Right, so they need, we have. They need to fund it adequately. You need to have your enforcement officers that can test the systems like they're supposed to be tested and enforce the rules that are put there for a reason. Absolutely. I'm sorry, I didn't catch your question. Oh, I said, let's talk about reforming of state regulations. Thank you. I am... Um... I think ultimately there are two avenues to accomplish that. You participate in stakeholder groups, you participate in technical review committees, and you try to hold everyone to the same standard that we are going to do what we say we're going to do. Mm -hmm. Those are long, drawn-out processes that have multiple competing interests at the table and often become the lowest common denominator, unfortunately. To me, the most effective route will be the legislative route. Right. Historically, wastewater has not gotten a lot of attention politically. I think in the last five, seven years, we've developed some pretty solid relationships at the federal and state level. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that there is a huge need to reform federal funding for the USDA, the EPA, Mm -hmm. and now there's the new separate funding stream from the Booker bill. The the political part of it requires it requires people to understand the value of water. I think politicians so often look at how much is this going to cost? What's the impact to our budget? 
what do we have to compromise in order to provide this funding? And historically, water has not, or wastewater in particular, clean water is a bit different, but wastewater has not been on their radar. And so this is a huge educational process. It's trying to get both sides of the aisle to understand that, yes, there's an economic component, but ultimately there's a resource protection component that your grandkids will thank you for. Right. It's really looking at it in much more of a long-term lens than a lot of people look at things. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a real opportunity for public-private partnership. I think, I think some of the, the regulations don't allow uh, for some flexibility. You know, you, you can't enforce every single sample has to be perfect. Right. And, you know, Mr. Regulator, if you're going, or Mrs. Regulator, if, if I had a TSS requirement of 30, but I got 30.5, or I had one sample, blow, there has to be a, this, this safe area, for lack right. of a better word, where regulators and manufacturers can have honest discussions understand that performance varies and and look at it from a holistic point of view and that i think that's hard for both sides right now and ultimately we need to come to an understanding and i think one of the things we could do is develop a field testing program in two separate climates mm-hmm. that is third party run not the NSF 360 because that's unreasonably expensive but there could be a way to do it less expensive than 360. And we would not have to then replicate field testing programs all over the country, which is a a common argument from other manufacturers, which Mm -hmm. I understand. But to a person, they will all tell you that every field testing program that we've participated in, the data is suspicious. Just to be honest, it's second party data sometimes, or people are out tweaking the systems all the time because they're knowing they're being sampled. And so I think it Oh, the information it, that we've seen yeah, come in from, from different. Well, different. And even, you know, I, I, even if the data's, I'm not saying there's anything nefarious going on, but if you're a service provider, it's not in your best interest to have data come back that shows non-compliance on the systems you're servicing. Mm-hmm. So at oh, a minimum. I've seen, I've seen third-party testing where a manufacturer was given approval when somehow they didn't meet the minimum requirements for the number of test sites to be tested in a certain soil type, but were still given approval in that soil type, even though they didn't install the number of systems required for each soil type. And it was really interesting. I'm like, but they didn't meet the minimum requirement because we didn't request approval in that soil type because there weren't sites that available to install in it. Right. And so we didn't request and they were given the approval in that soil type, although there weren't, they didn't have the number of sites. It was really interesting. I'm just like, how does that happen? Yeah. I'd be really (laughs) curious to see Uh the background on that. Yeah. Well, we're not going to get into specifics. No, no. But But I, um, you know, I think Suffolk County is a good example or Maryland, you know, when they have these uh, field sampling programs and their second party it just makes sense for service providers to go out there and just very tightly manage these systems. Right. right? Well, it has to be third party. Yes. It, it can't be second party. It has to be third. It has to be third. And mm-hmm. this is going to sound, you know, maybe, well, I don't even want to preface. Once we have the, the, so, the societal will 
to delist systems that aren't performing, to actually enforce our regulations, mm-hmm. I think you'll see this industry evolve exponentially. Right. Right now, we are all just sort of resting on what we've been doing for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. It's still standard 40. It's, you know, there's not been a huge evolution. You know, and it's kind of, be. yeah, it's kind of interesting when we talk about that because I really do feel like those of us that have this, you know, this view of water, we are holding ourselves to a different standard, right? So big pipe hasn't evolved. There are spills every day, contamination of large proportions occurring regularly, but we're holding ourselves to a different standard. My standard is not, I only polluted this much water today. Right. But do we know that, right? Because that's where enforcement is. As an industry, do we know how much we're polluting each day? Because we don't. Right. And you look at, I would argue that some wastewater plants in Maryland have, or specifically, they have their ENR plants, Enhanced Nutrient mm-hmm. Reduction, and they mm-hmm. discharge three milligrams per liter total nitrogen until they have a 90 million gallon yep. spill throughout the year in total, yeah. right? And so then your three milligrams per liter kind of go out the window. Right. So, and the, you know, I, there are big pipe is a viable solution for certain areas. I mean, it's, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a necessity, but we need to, now you're getting into my water scarcity soapbox, but I don't even know the hundreds of millions of gallons we lose every year through leaky pipes in our water and wastewater systems. Yep. So we need to do big pipe better too. There needs to be enforcement on big pipe. Mm -hmm. This is a water issue and we've, we've boiled it down to our industry and we need to do better. I, I look at this as a call to action. Yeah. We need to do better. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. All right. Well, I think we will end on that note to do better. So like thank it. you, It's been Nick. very informative. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. I've really enjoyed my time. Thank you both. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Sounds good. Bye, guys. We want to thank you again for joining us today. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe where you listen to podcasts so you're notified when new episodes are posted. Also, you can leave your comments or suggestions through the contact link on our website, www.orenco.com. Until next time, have a great day.